Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 155 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you as close as you possibly can be to meet the people that make theater happen. Just a quick reminder that you can download and subscribe to the podcast from the Apple Podcast app or from iTunes. That way your feed will automatically be updated when we release episodes, but you can also listen to us on many other fine streaming services such as Stitcher. Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all those kind of places. Please rate and review our podcast if you have a spare 30 seconds and help us reach more theater lovers out there around the globe. And now for today's episode, we normally don't do a weekend episode, but I wanted to chat to today's guests before their offering hit the interwebs early next week. I am down with the kids. Today we are chatting with another set of podcasters, which is always a fun thing to do, especially when they're like this episode's guests. Tamara Von Werthen, Lily McLeish, and Josephine Start are the podcast equivalent of the Three Musketeers, bringing justice and equality to the world of online audio theatrical drama. The Fizzy Sherbert podcast is an extension of an idea that brought together the brightest female writing, directing, and acting talent to the Hackney Attic. And when COVID-19 hit, they needed to make sure that that momentum wasn't lost. So they packed up their collective trunks and headed online. Now, the 5th of October sees the final play in their pilot season air, written by Josephine and directed by a mutual friend of ours, Hannah Berrigan. But I wanted to find out where the idea had come from for the series and the podcast and where this dynamic trio sees their project heading into the future. Have a listen. I might have to say y'all because <laughs> there's more of you. There's, there's so many of you. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So if I get y'all, if I get y'all to 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 to, um, to tell me your names mm-hmm. and um, and who you uh, are in regards to the Fizzy Sherbert podcast and what you kind of do in not in your everyday job, but in creatively with yes. the Fizzy Sherbert podcast, and then we'll kind of then we'll go back 
and talk about uh, what you're doing now and in the present. But just I want people to hear your voices so they know who's talking. Sure. So why don't we start with Josephine and then we'll do Lily and then tomorrow. Sure, absolutely. Okay, uh, so hello. Uh, I'm Jo. Josephine Start is my full name. And I am one of the co-hosts of the Fizzy Sherbet podcast. Uh, there's three of us. And I, uh, yeah, and I, I represent, I suppose, uh, acting and writing. That's what I do. I'm a writer and an actor. And uh, the nice thing is that we all do slightly different things in our professional lives as hosts. So, yeah, that's what I bring to the table. Uh, I'm Lily McLeish. Uh, I am also one of the co-hosts of Busy Sherbet and uh, one of the founders of uh, Busy Sherbet. And uh, what I also do normally is I am a theatre director, obviously in lockdown, focusing very much on digital projects. But normally I work in theatre buildings. Oh, remember that? <laughs> Good old days. <laughs> yeah, I am Tamara von Wertern. Um, I'm a German-British uh, playwright. And I'm the co-founder of Fizzy Sherbet Podcast and also a co-host. Um, yeah, so... That's the three of us. I do a little bit of um, producing for, for it as well. Why don't we go back to the start of Fizzy mm-hmm. Sherbert? You know, you guys have, have started quite recently, actually, Yeah, um, it looks like. So give me a little background on the Fizzy Sherbert, which is a great name for a podcast, by the way. I love it. Thank you. And give me a little um, background on it. And what was the the genesis and the, the, the real kind of oomph behind it, the real drive behind wanting to do something? Yeah, I think I, I'd best pick up that question because it was my idea initially. Um, I had a really urgent need to um, do something after the uh, election in 2016 that we all remember very well, um, where I just felt very frustrated that there was a man in a position of power who was quite publicly um, talking down to women and um, I felt I wanted to amplify women's voices in some way. Um, So Lily and I got together and we started as a very small um, series of play readings at the Hackney Attic in London. So we kind of did did a big shout out and asked for short plays written by women from anywhere in the world in English. Um, to be sent to us. Uh, We got quite a lot. (laughs) I think there was one submission window. We got 300 scripts sent to us and read them all. Um, And because of the shout out being sort of uh, for from all over the world, we also got a really um, big interest from all over the world so on the Mm -hmm. facebook page you could sort of track the um the stats and it would say oh um yeah we we had like 45 countries that were looking at us Mm -hmm. and and sort of following us but then of course we could only get a very limited amount of those people into the studio theater in in hackney um which was always full actually which, which was really lovely so there was a real buzz around it um at the time but we I think I'm going to hand over to Lily how the podcast Mm, came mm. to life because that was your idea really Lily wasn't it yeah so we had a successful run in 2017 with the readings at Hackney Attic and then I suppose life took over and other projects slightly just took over and then when lockdown happened and we all just sort of all I I think a lot of artists and you know colleagues we all went into a bit of a hibernation period of going well, let's just sort of wait it out and see what happens. 
And then it looked like it was going to be a longer waiting period. And at that point, I thought, oh, this is just a bit um, depressing. And uh, <laughs> and I and I was on the phone to Tamara about another play of hers that uh, we were working on. And uh, we were saying, you know, when the theatres reopen, we will then pitch this play to these theatres. And I suddenly said to her, I just feel like we should be doing something now. Is there something, mm. is there, you know, is there something? And can we bring Fizzy Sherbet back? Can we bring it back as a digital platform? Can we, you know, uh, make it as uh, a live Zoom event or potentially even? And then the idea sort of started to emerge that we could do it as a podcast, a theatre podcast. Yeah. So that was sort of the beginnings of that discussion, really. And uh, we created a website for uh, Fizzy Sherbet and um which sort of gives a platform to the writers who were also at the hackney attic event in 2017 and yeah. um yeah just and for the actors as well who were involved in that and i guess yeah. i'm just gonna jump on the yeah. back <laughs> and then i guess though. and after that um no uh, <laughs> and so, here comes the uh, aristotelian three-act structure yeah. <laughs> so so there we have yes and then <laughs> little twist um i arrived no uh, <laughs> Uh, no, so basically, uh, Lily, I think it was Lily reached out to me. We, I'd worked with Tamara and Lily together and separately on a bunch of different projects before. So we so we know each other, I guess, creatively. We collaborated a lot before anyway. So in a way, uh, I guess maybe that's why she reached out. As there was a, There's a group of us. It's not so with the three hosts. There's actually about, yeah. there's a small group of us. That there's seven of us. Seven of us, yeah. That's great. That's yeah. Um, so, so yeah, there are seven of us and I was part of the seven. And I think when we were discussing what we knew it would be digital, we knew we not, we wanted it to be digital. We wanted it to be plays. Um, but I suppose what I brought at that point was the idea of, um, because I listened to a lot of podcasts for one thing, I was like, I, you know, I, I feel quite steeped in podcasts and also in, so the idea of adding interviews, um, with the writers but also with these kind of follow-up interviews with special guests that might speak mm. to either a quality of the writers or something within the play uh themselves subject matter wise so we've had this incredible breadth of speakers we've had psychoanalysts and scientists and uh, political activists and just an incredible range and um and I guess that was something that I was just personally interested in doing um, because I, I mean, partly just because I love to chat and I thought that's something I would enjoy. Um, but, uh, and I, and I also, I think like, I really like, I really enjoy theatre. I enjoy yeah. going to the theatre and, you know, and, and film and all the rest of it. But sometimes I don't, I don't know, I guess I don't always love just talking only about it or it can feel a little bit like circular sometimes. I was like, is there sure. a way that we can broaden this out and connect mm. it? connect it to the world a bit more when we're all feeling so hemmed into our houses and our small worlds already and um yeah and interviewing is something that I had a bit of experience in because I make a lot of verbatim theatre um as an as an associate to Christine Landon Smith and also on my own so which involves a lot of going into communities and interviewing people um so that's something that yeah I thought we could we could add yeah, and I think that I suppose yeah with the interviews and and also I just generally with the collaboration, what uh, I suppose what happened at the Hackney Attic was that we were able to uh, receive plays from playwrights from different countries. But actually, with the podcast, what we found was something that I hadn't really anticipated before was the conversations that we'd be able to have and the collaborations we'd be able to mm. um, sort of create through 
j- just simply, I mean, we use software Zoom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, still, it felt like we could connect to different artists and different um people in different countries so we've been talking to artists in South Africa and uh, people in um, Denmark and uh, in Germany and in yeah in various different countries Uh, and it's been just a real pleasure to be able to do that Mm. like that and something that I don't think we would ever have done had we just made a shirt that you know these these continue to do them as readings in the theatre. It's a crazy moment in time when a product and service that was meant for corporate <laughs> boardrooms yeah. has become a a, a, a a contemporary vernacular for artists to use. Like it's Zoom has become, oh, we're doing a Zoom play. I mean, yeah. honestly, yeah. this did not exist five months ago, six yeah. months ago. Yeah. This sort of uh, play, the Zoom experience, or if, if it's StreamYard or Zoom or Google Meets or Teams or whatever it is, yeah. how that how important that is now in the process of new writing is. I don't think it's going away. I think Zoom is going to stick around while people develop plays. But in you, what do you think is going to happen? Because you guys are actually proving that there is something you can do with it to create and to develop new work. How important is it you carries on? I think one thing I I hope happens, I don't know if it will, but I think, I, I hope it does, is that I, I think it makes the idea of collaboration feel very obvious and very easy, and not just feel obvious, but actually kind of, and it is, you know, like you're, it makes no difference whether you're talking to someone very important and very, you know, in a position of great power or just anyone you know any any artist who may have been unemployed for months years who knows um you know like you're you're talking to them from your from your living room anyway and we all have kind of roughly the same amount of time and roughly the same amount of access at the moment so i i think it's potentially quite a democratizing thing in terms of who it should mean that venues anyway don't have the excuse maybe anymore of of not being able to speak to so many people mm-hmm. or um reach out to people because everyone's reaching out you know you've got actors who are do, who are running their own they've just off completely off their own bat just been like i'm gonna run a writing workshop every week from my <laughs> living room and come if you want and it's just like this is amazing this like mm-hmm there are some really tough things about the lockdown and you know the state of the world like really really fucking horrible tough yeah. things but yeah. i think in terms of the power to reach out to people the excuses for not doing that are depleting i think mm-hmm. yeah i think it's also it's a really interesting platform and as we get to know it more um and can be a bit playful with it we can also find ways in which we can create intimacy um through this medium and we can we can have sort of exploit the slight voyeuristic element as well like you're actually looking Mm. through the screen into someone else's life um so i think there's a lot of really interesting things about it but i mean purely in terms of um preparing for performance or working together and making international collaborations i think it's so amazing especially at the moment where we're um so close to you know brexit and and being sort Mm -hmm. of um isolated here and to know that as artists we can still foster those connections with artists from other cultures from other countries and for us the 
difficulties of, you know, getting then potentially a visa to go out to work with someone, mm. they are a little bit softened by yeah. by the fact that we can just do it over Zoom. And we have literally the, the seven core team, which are two producers, two directors, um, a dramaturg, a writer, actor, and a writer. Um, and we're in three different countries. So we've mm. been having meetings in three different countries. Yeah. Um, yeah. But on Zoom. And that's... And also beautiful. collaborating with a sound designer who uh, is actually in currently in Australia. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes. So far. I, I think it's it has proven that collab- international collaboration is actually possible even without having to fly to those places. Yeah, in a really joyful thing to do, especially because I moved to Germany uh, just you know half couple of months before the whole pandemic sort of hit, and we all went into lockdown, which was uh, interesting. Um, and so it's been possible to still collaborate with all my UK-based uh, you know cl- um, collaborators and colleagues, which has been really brilliant. Now we're going to take a short break for a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Curtain Call Theater Podcast and today's guests, the Fizzy Sherbert Podcast. Tamara, I think you make a very valid point in that there there's no longer going to be an excuse from producers to... Uh, they're going to save a lot of money with for, on wine and cheese when it mm. comes to readings because you don't need to fly everybody into a reading mm. anymore. Mm. Just tell them to brew some coffee, fire up the computer... <laughs> And, and and sit down and 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 then feel lighter because there isn't like a, there isn't any pressure to get the most out of this reading because we've spent fifty thousand pounds getting everybody in the yeah. same room. Yeah. I think it's going to be really cool. Let, why don't we talk about the process of uh, of collaborating? I know you talked about in different countries. You, we've you've managed to get kind of a collective of of women writers and directors and ta- and creative talent. And how do you rein it all in and produce something um, that is still a very new, outside of BBC radio drama, that is kind of a new pioneering Wild West sort of um, kind of landscape? Yeah, I guess there there was something in the sort of the seed of how we started Um was that we presented the plays as readings and it was very much about the work of the writer and we got really good actors in and we did a, Lily was directing all the pieces so she's a great director um especially on text and um so we we really sort of made those pieces shine yep. and then we felt hang on we can do this I mean this is like the perfect medium for it because you have it in your ears we can also um pull in really amazing sound designers make make the whole um piece really enjoyable to listen to and then we have all this added material where we where we can really talk about things that come out of the piece or how the piece was made and then and then to kind of go contextually just deeper into into the subject matter with with some kind of expert Mm. in in the field um 
and it just sound it just seemed to be the the right way forward and sort of so obviously the logic logical next step that we we were surprised that it took a lockdown to made, make us realize that's what we should have done um probably from the beginning but i think it was also about embracing this form of the podcast uh as theater makers going in going okay we want to make audio plays but actually we're putting it on a podcast so we also need to embrace you know what can the form of podcast offer and what can we offer the form of podcast and how do we sort of merge those two worlds and that was quite I for me personally just as someone as quite a newbie to podcast I must admit um was was really really interesting uh and fun and the curation of uh, choosing writers from different countries and then really thinking very thoughtfully about who those second conversations could be with whether that's an academic or exactly a, a psychotherapist or a dramaturg or an artist who just has worked with that writer before and that was um really joyful very ambitious <laughs> and to produce very uh yeah, very time consuming <laughs> yeah i mean i think we have sort of yeah. all three of us completely thrown ourselves into it and it's been it, this is now on monday the 7th episode which is the last play of the pilot series is is going to air and and we have just been living and breathing fizzy sherbet the last seven weeks i think all three of us have take me through that you know what what was what was the first series what were you looking for and what was important to you guys to make sure that came across in a podcast series, but also not just about a podcast series, but make sure it came across in the drama, in the play, in the stories that you wanted to tell? A leading thing was that it would feel genuinely international. Mm. Um, I think that was that was very important from the start. So thinking about where we could go with our own networks and where we could kind of push a little beyond our own networks in terms of who we, you know, who we could connect to, who could speak to experiences outside of, you know, just the UK or just a kind of quintessentially British experience or whatever that might be. And I suppose, I mean, there, there's always a bit of a, I think there's a bit of a tension uh, with anything new that you make in the arts where, you know, you want to be as ambitious as possible and you and you know and your and your heart is in the right place you want to you want it to be international and you want it to be you know reflect the kind of global realities of where we are for this pilot season it was a question of like I say like thinking okay who do we who do we know or who or who can we feasibly and respectfully ask who will see this as kind of an artistic challenge that they want to engage with for you know in itself and you know and it's not gonna it's not gonna put them in a in a difficult position financially yeah. you know all this like because these are real considerations whenever you make something and that's always a tension the hope is that with the second you know with as we go along we you know we want to be able to pay people for their time and all that kind of thing but I suppose hmm. um so yeah so it was the idea that it would be international um was very very important and then doing that ethically I think was the next step um but we also just were lucky I think with the plays that came forward they were so diverse and so rich and wonderful and it's a testament to the people involved that everyone knew someone or could kind of introduce someone who was just a brilliant artist. I think and I think that that you know moving forward as well there is no we we are very uh, clear that there is no there is no story that we're really looking for specifically at all it's very much that we're interested in seeing what and in hearing and reading what writers are writing about right now. And um, it is, it's, 
yeah, I think what we found at the Hackney when we did it uh, a couple of years ago is just the breadth of of the stories. If you don't have, I think a lot of sort of new writing events sometimes give like a topic, and we, yeah. we very specifically didn't want to do that because yeah, it just felt actually we we just want to be very free of that. Uh, also, because from our point of view, like we're straddling the UK, Germany, and Australia you know we don't know what we can't from just from the three of our perspectives can't be or you know the seven of our perspectives can't I don't think topics is a good idea yeah <laughs> and I think it's really about creating a platform or a stage or, or giving a microphone to women so that we can hear their voices and to be surprised by those voices as yeah. well I think what one of the feedback um feedbacks we got from the hackney attic sessions from a man <laughs> was that in in the audience that um they were really surprised at that it was not what they had expected at all and it was so um so diverse and varied the stories that were being told and he had yeah. sort of expected there to be some kind of female slant to them <laughs> which there wasn't and why should there be i mean it, it's kind of a, a bit of a um a preconception mm. maybe and i think we, we mm. want to go against that we we have and i think it speaks to the to the power of the plays that we have got in the pilot series and a little bit also in going forward yeah. what we're looking for that then the special guests are so varied and because yeah. there are there's there's we were talking with a woman um from police spies out of lives um mm. in connection with a play by eve lee white tuesday which is about undercover policing um we were talking with an environmental scientist about jellyfish blooms we were talking yeah. about um a historian about um, Jews settling in New York um, mm -hmm. uh, to do with, with Amy Eng's play, uh, Special Occasions. Um, so, so there's a huge breadth of, of topics and of interests and just of stories. And I think, I think that's really what we want to do. We want to kind of open up this box and have all these stories come out and uh, be really yeah. inspiring with them. And I think the other thing is like that's possibly one of the benefits of this being um, extremely artist led as a project. Like none of us, I don't think, I don't think even the producer, like we don't work in theatres. Like we, you know, we're we're freelance artists. Yeah, and, all of us. Yeah, and so we we're kind of aware, I think, of of what it is to be a writer or a director trying to work within the constraints of call outs or of mm -hmm. um, you know programs and that type of thing and for us anyway I mean maybe not everyone does feel this way but it can feel like it can just feel like unnecessarily constricting or patronizing or just a bit strange sometimes that there's this funneling that you have to do to kind of fit within this very specific kind of set of ideas for one particular night at one particular venue and like and actually we're artists and we know what artists are like and how they work and how they will the best thing you can do is just be like, we trust that you're passionate about something. We trust that you've got <laughs> something up your sleeve. Like, show us, show us the thing that you love, and we'll love it. Like, it doesn't have to be about you know your experience as a migrant or your experience as whatever. Like, it it can be like, give us the thing that you love, and we'll work with that. I think what I find with with most of the pieces we choose is that there's something personal and something political about them, and it's usually really enmeshed so you can't really um 
tell one from the other. Josephine, you were um, here, Hannah Berrigan, um, kind of reached out and said that she needed a play recorded, uh, recorded, and it was you. And I was like, oh God, of course, this is great. Um, yes. Come and record at the house. So we went into the garden studio, and um, it, it's the it's the final play, is it in in this? It is the, of this series, yeah. So um, and so, g- give us a little bit um, of background to it. And um, I found it brilliant. I was oh. like, I was like, <laughs> just laughing when you were recording. I had to kind of look away. There were bits. <laughs> Uh, um, and I just went, oh God, we're going to have to record it again. And I still had a little chuckle to myself. Oh, well, yeah. Let us know, let us know the premise because it's a great, it's a great, I think it's a great piece. Thank you so much, John. Yeah. And thanks also. So John, he's being very humble, but John let me and the director of Hornet, um, who's called Hannah Berrigan, come and use his wonderful garden studio um, in South London uh, because John is also a voiceover artist and fantastic. So he had all this incredible kit that we were able to use, which was just a blessing. It was wonderful. Um, yes, and so the play uh, is is called Hornet, and it spends time in the mind of a young woman who's come back to London, and she's sitting in a gallery charging her phone secretly because she <laughs> needs to charge her phone, <laughs> and she can't afford to. We've all else. been there. We've all been there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and she um, it basically spends time in her mind as she contemplates this relationship that she was in with an older artist when she used to live in London, in the city. And uh, it, it it's her attempting to kind of resolve or kind of package up what this relationship was because it was a very confusing relationship for her and quite dark. And um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm glad you said you were laughing, John. <laughs> it was, it's, it's pretty, pretty bleak, actually. But it's <laughs> says a lot about my sense of humor. <laughs> but it is, it is, you know. I mean, I write comedies, but I write dark comedies. Um, I mean, I write all sorts. But this, yeah, it it treads that line. So it's a short play, and it's technically part of a, a triptych that I wrote, which is all about people's relationships to art and to each other, and some of the darkness underneath that. Um. Yeah, so that's what it that's what it's about, and it's followed by an incredible interview. Uh, it was with a psychotherapist called Kate Mills because the piece explores. Um, it, I mean, I think it explores questions around coercive behaviour and abuse, and when a relationship feels a bit grey in that way, and confusion around leaving a relationship. So there's lots of things in it where we felt like this is something where it would be fascinating to get the insight of someone who works in this area all the time with people and Kate was fantastic for that because she is an ex-actor she trained as an actor and then she moved into working as a psychotherapist and she specializes in trauma as well so she's so that's going to be a really amazing um uh follow-up interview afterwards yeah she was she was really fantastically uh articulate and she yeah she really really uh, spoke very well about your play I thought and was really incredibly interesting to talk to yeah what would you guys like to see um happen in a second series uh, is there going to be a second series I'm being massively uh, presumptuous here but what would you like to, to happen in a second series oh well there's definitely going to be a second one and a third and a fourth I'm hoping, I'm really hoping have, like, a proper long-term project that we just like make and it doesn't you know well it might have an end one day but like not in the foreseeable future <laughs> we're going to our graves years old see you on the you know this will be 50 50th of my interview you guys I'll, I'll take i'll put my teeth in <laughs> 
it does feel very much like we're just starting with this. So the pilot series is really a teaser or a taster of what we want to do, what we could do with this. And um, we're really excited about, um, you know, getting submissions in our audience is growing quite a lot we can we can watch that which is really satisfying and our reach is as well so the different yeah, countries the i mean we're really into stats at the moment and we absolutely love seeing all the countries uh, we've got lots of listeners from different countries and it's just fun when we spot a new country joining our listening pool, which is really really exciting yeah, we, we hope to to really reach out and get plays um, sent in from lots of different countries and to then um, just curate like a really interesting second series and then do that. And then after that, just keep going. We're obviously very excited about the, you know, what plays are going to come in. And, and obviously it, 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 we want it to get even more global and all those things. And, and we want it to, you know, we want it to become properly supportive of of everyone involved as well I mean that's 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 the dream but I suppose it is also an archive that's what we want it to be we want it to be somewhere where if you are a director if you are a writer and you're you're just curious to find some new some new voices or some new kind of styles or perspectives you can go and you can find these women and become aware of their work through something like really accessible, like a short play. It's not going to take you very long. And, um, and, and you can contact them then, you know, like you're, you're aware of this, of this other person who's out there, um, who, who is, you know, who is up for collaborating potentially. Um, so yeah, we would love that to come from it as well. Yeah. I think, I think the archive was a really big, um, conversation point uh between all of us because some you know some of us for instance our dramaturg who lives in Denmark uh she's often uh looking for new plays also from different countries and uh, I know that dramaturgs in Germany also are really interested in new plays coming from the UK for instance or just gen- generally from new writing and I think that the, the sort of uh, making um these voices really easily accessible uh, was felt like a really important thing to do uh, because I think often it's so easy to say oh well we just don't know anyone or you know how do we find these writers and so I think it was very much about going well here they are and here is a platform where you can find them and they are doing good and they are all brilliant yeah yeah and you don't have to as well like I think because so, I'm like just as guilty of this and I like to read but like sometimes it can feel a bit oppressive to be like Oh, I've got to read all these plays, you know, like just to find something new. Whereas, like listening to something, I think you can, you know, you can do it while you're doing something else. So it feels that. I mean, that's the joy of a podcast in general, isn't it? You can just it just goes along with the rest of your life, and it's that's part of the pleasure of it. So yeah, we're making it as easy as possible for people to discover amazing work. Yeah, and I think you the, on the flip side as well for all the writers and directors involved with the podcast, what they get out of it, of course, is is a showcase piece. So they can then send that to people who they would want to work with and say, "Here's an example of my work," um, and you don't have to come to the theatre to <laughs> to see it, or you don't have to read it. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, how do people um, get in touch with you? This is an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a very gorgeous website. Yes, it's we do. com. On Instagram and Facebook, we're just Fizzy Sherbet Plays. And on Twitter, just to be a bit perverse, we are Fizzy Sherbet Fun. So you can <laughs> nice. find us. Nice. <laughs> 
Nice. And you can actually, if people do want to actually get in touch with us, they, we also have uh, email addresses on our website, which can be found on the mm. website and the contact page. Well, guys, I just want any, anyone who feels emboldened or who just feels like they want to get in touch because they feel that they've been inspired to create or support, because I think support mm-hmm. is vitally important as well, mm-hmm. um, to, to get in touch with you, to just to, to follow, to rate and review the podcast because the algorithms mean the more five-star reviews, they they just push up, the they, they suggest you to more people. And I think what you guys are doing to tell the, yes. the stories of women and, um, and, 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 and giving the opportunities of, of women writers and directors and creatives and interviewees and everything else, because God knows we have enough of people like me sitting out there <laughs> creating stuff. Like I'm thankful and grateful that you guys are out there doing something as well to, to give voice to and opportunities to people who may otherwise not have that opportunity and what a great time to do it. Thank you, John. That's really lovely. Thank you guys so much for coming on to this episode of the podcast. Thank you, John. Thank you for having us. Oh, listen, it has been my pleasure and what a giggle. And I cannot wait to to hear Hornick. I really look forward to your season two and your season 42. So, um, <laughs> Josephine, it's going to be a zinger. It's going to be a Zimmer frame zinger. <laughs> We'll have hit our stride by then, I think. Um. <laughs> Hello. Oh, my Lord. Josephine, Lily, Tamara, thank you so much for joining me, and I will hopefully speak to you soon. Love thank, thank you, Tom. Bye. Tamara Van Worthen, Lily McLeish, and Josephine Stark from the Fizzy Sherbert Podcast. Go follow them and remember to rate and review their podcast, too. Now, before I go, just a few housekeeping bits. You can follow us on all the socials. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Curtain Call. And you can follow me personally at John Schwab, J-O-H-N-S-C-H-W-A-B. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast. Get in touch with me via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me personally at John at CurtainCallOnline.com. It just leads me to say a huge thank you to Josephine, Tamara, and Lily. Go to their websites. Go to their podcast websites, The uh, any of their websites, and I'll make sure to put them all in the show notes. Support these fantastic creatives in their effort to keep new drama alive and well, uh, their efforts to keep underrepresented drama at the forefront of our thought in this period of lockdown and when we come out of it. I'm sure we're going to be hearing much, much more from them. Thank you to Sure Microphones for sponsoring this episode. Thank you for listening to the Curtain Call Theater podcast. Please stay safe, everyone. Continue to wash your hands. Reach out to someone, anyone. Ask them how they're doing. You might just make their day. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.